0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis Solo here for the final hour, taking you up until 4 p.m. Eastern, as we do each and every weekday. You can listen live 2 to 4 or on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, search Scout Fantasy Sports, hit subscribe, and you'll be notified whenever a new show is uploaded. You can follow me on Twitter, at Adam Ronas, on the gram, at Aaron88. And find all my work. sports.com. Finished number two in the Fantasy Pro's draft accuracy rankings last year. So if you want access to those rankings to help you dominate your fantasy baseball draft, head on over to ScoutFantasySports.com you can use the promo code BATS50 to get 50% off your first two months. You know, a lot of players that I was higher on than the Consensus last year, like Trevor Bauer, Garrett Cole, Blake Trinan, Matt Chapman, and a lot more. So find out who those guys are this year that you need in your draft uh, at scoutfantasysports.com. or Fantasy best Baseball Draft Kit is fire. It's being pumped with new content each and every single day. Sean, Driles, Sean Childs, one of the best high-stakes players around, just dropped two fantasy baseball draft strategy articles so you can check those out. Uh, I have my rankings updated I'll have to do another sweep today after the show with some of the news breaking and get mine set up for my Tout Wars draft tonight. Uh, that is uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's a 15-team league 5x5 roto with on-base percentage instead of average and uh, won the title in 2015 and 2016, and then the last two years, Rudy Gamble won the championship. I finished three points out at 121 points and lost the league. That is really tough. You score 121 points in a 15-team league and you don't win the league. Yeah, it was pretty frustrating. But I'll look to get back and hopefully on the path to the way to the third title in five years. So you can, I'll be using my rankings for that, so you can see how the team turns out. We'll uh, discuss it. Tomorrow during the show, Uh, and Sean Childs also has his in depth team outlooks as well, and very in depth. So it's good information. Uh, Definitely, you'll find things that you didn't know before. That's the goal is to kind of help you out. So I also have a ton of content in there, including a breakout player, overvalued players, uh, individual profiles of players changing teams and what it means for their fantasy value. So A lot of great content, and if you have any specific questions catered to your league, draft strategy, who should you keep, trades, we have you covered there. If you go on the message boards and the forums, you can ask your questions at any time, and one of myself, Dr. Otto Sean Childs, will answer your questions. So, a lot of great tools to use as well, uh, and all the ingredients you need to win a fantasy baseball championship. There's scoutdfs.com. For your DFS needs, NBA, PGA, NASCAR, NHL, and of course, MLB, which is coming up. And we'll have Steve Renner from Scout DFS coming up in the next segment. We'll talk the NHL slate for tonight, in addition to talking some baseball with him. And he'll give us a little preview on the MLB draft kit and what uh, it's for DFS Scout and what's in store for the future ahead. And also, of course, VegasWhispers.com for your sports betting needs. They just posted an article on some of the MLB futures. To attack, so if you want to make some selections now and get some sharp info, you can head on over there and check it out today. And also, if you want to jump in a draft, but you really don't want to spend the time during the season uh, for the waiver wire because you already have too many leagues, well, I got a good option for you. You can head on over to playffwc.com and jump in the beat Sean Childs League. There's uh, a 44 which is $44, 12-team league, 44 rounds, and all you do is draft your team. That's it. You set your lineup each week. So very little maintenance, no waiver wires, no trades. You just draft each week, set your lineup on Monday morning, Monday afternoon, Monday night, whenever it is, uh, based on the start times of the games that day, and that's it. And then you don't have to do anything the rest of the week. Uh, So very simple. There's also a beat Sean Childs 88. That one is $8, so obviously prize money uh, a little bit more. So you can head on over there and get those full. Once they fill, the draft will begin. So there's four spots left in the uh, 44. So hop on in there, get in, get this draft started. Uh, They move pretty quickly. It's a four-hour clock. It shut off overnight. But uh, the ones I've been in, for the most part, have moved pretty smoothly. So you can check that out today. Uh, Let's take a look at some of the latest news. I know we touched upon it a little bit in the first hour. But in case you're just joining us, Uh, Luis Severino of the Yankees was scratched from a start today. And according to the broadcast, he was getting warmed up, threw a pitch, and felt something in the back of the shoulder. And it didn't feel right. He's going to have an MRI this afternoon. So obviously this is big news. Now people are speculating. Will the Yankees go get Dallas Keuchel, Gio Gonzalez? We'll see. But certainly not great news here on Severino. And it'll be very interesting to see where he goes in tout wars tonight. I have the second pick. There's a good chance he comes back to me now on the 2-3 turn. Will I take him? Tune in and find out tonight. And, of course, uh, Jonathan Losiga was just taken in the 29th round of my great fantasy baseball invitational when the team was on the clock. So it was going to be a few more picks to me. But, of course, you know, you, you take the shot here at this point because there is a chance if they don't make any moves that he could enter the rotation. So, one of the benefits, I guess, of slow drafts is uh, if you're on the clock and news breaks, you can speculate. It might turn out to be nothing, uh, but you could easily drop them. So certainly not good news there on uh, Severino. So we'll see. Uh, fortunately for him, he just got paid, uh, and he's probably glad that he took that guaranteed money. Now, the other big news of the day is Miguel Sano, as he had a procedure in Tuesday for a cut on his lower right Achilles he is not expected to be ready for baseball action until May. So he suffered the cut in the Dominican winter league championship in January where he was celebrating and it just was not healing. So he's hoping to resume baseball activities in the middle of April. So he's going to miss some times for us to know. And that's uh, the problem for him. He has not been able to stay on the field. He played 71 games last year. So Maybe the Twins had an inkling about this because, if you remember, I think it was, was it last week, two weeks ago, they went out, signed Marwin Gonzalez, who I would think gets the majority of starts at third base now and certainly was a good insurance policy because you knew you could move him all across the diamond. Uh, so Sano is going to be bumped down uh, for sure. Uh, and there was a report from MLB Network's John Hayman that Gio Gonzalez has been discussed, at least by some Yankees people. So you would think if the Severino shoulder issue causes him to miss time, the interest in Gio would definitely increase. Uh, not one of his better years last year. He had a 4-2-1 ERA, but he has been a guy that's been pretty durable and on the Yankees uh, would get plenty of run support. So that's something to pay attention to there. So a couple of injuries already, and there's going to be more. And that's why when you are drafting – uh, you don't want to take on too much injury risk because if you go into the year with a couple of guys who are hurt, you know more injuries are going to happen uh, throughout the season. Now, if you have an unlimited DL, it's a different story. That does change the way you draft, and uh, that is something to keep in mind, and uh, Tout Wars does have unlimited DL, so it makes sense late in the draft to maybe take some shots on some of these players that could miss some time. So, uh, already a lot of injury news going on. We've Definitely had some more positive things occur over the last uh, day or so with Kevin Gossman. It sounds like he could make his return later this week. It also seems like Andrew Heaney is close to return after dealing with some uh, elbow inflammation. So uh, definitely uh, you got to monitor this stuff. These guys obviously will fall in drafts, but Severino is definitely going to be – uh, very interesting to see where he goes in drafts tonight. I, I'm probably going to pass. I don't see myself taking a chance because I don't want to risk him potentially being out for the season. Not saying that he will, but you know we don't know what's going to happen uh, with him. Uh, I doubt we get any news here later tonight, but something to uh, keep an eye on, that's for sure. Some other things of note that stood out to me that I've been coming across here as I've been doing my research. Uh, George Springer. Very interested here. He has talked about being more aggressive on the base pass this year. He lost some weight here over the winter. I think it was like 12 pounds. He said he feels a lot better, and he wants to steal more bases. Now, a lot of spring stories we get, and we're like, okay, sure. This is not going to happen. Everyone's in the greatest shape. They want to do this. They want to do that. And a lot of times, it doesn't pan out. But the reason why there's some intrigue here with Springer is this is a guy has had a lot of success stealing bases at the minor league level. I mean, that's why he came up and people thought, okay, this guy has a shot to be 30 30 because he showed it in the minor leagues. He had a lot of seasons of 20 plus stolen bases in, you know, he had 28 steals in uh, high A in 106 games in 2012. He had 23 at double A 2013 in 73 games, 22 at triple A in 2013. Now, obviously, he's a little older, he's 29 years old. Springer stole 16 bases in 2015 with the Astros. People got excited. They said, all right, here we go. He was only caught four times. Then in 2016, he had nine steals, but he was caught ten times. Same thing in 2017. Five steals, caught seven. And then last year, six steals got caught four times. So if you're the Astros and you have all those bats behind them, if you're going to be that uh, inefficient on the base pass, you're not going to let a guy run. Uh, It makes no sense. Uh, But he is uh, 20 of 41 the last three years. So it's not very good at all. But this spring, he is three for three on the base pass. So that's something in the spring to me that is important that I definitely want to take a look at. So uh, Springer has been someone that's generally going in the fourth, fifth round of 15 team leagues. He's not a target of mine. Uh, I remember taking him in a mock draft recently. It's just because he kind of fell, and I thought, okay, there's nobody outstanding on the board. And the one thing Springer can do is score a ton of runs, and that Astros lineup hitting leadoff, if he stays healthy, good chance that he gives over 100. And even if he misses games, you know, uh, he should have 100. And, you know, there were some disappointments last year too. You know, Altuve had a down year. But Springer has topped 100 uh, 100 yards, 100 runs, three straight years. And the last two years he did it playing 140 games in each of the last two seasons. So you know you're going to get the runs. The RBIs are going to be a little bit low because he hits leadoff, but not a crusher. He had 71 last year, 85 two years ago. The batting average has kind of fluctuated. Um, We've seen 260s, 270s, 280s. He's a career 265 hitter. So if he steals double-digit bases, that's huge for his value. So that's something that you really want to see if sticks here in the spring. Uh, Springer in the... um, Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational went late round four. So uh, that's generally where you're going to get him in the fourth, fifth round, a little bit later than in recent seasons. And uh, you're going to be really happy if he does steal a ton of bases for you this year. Julio Urias for the Dodgers touched 98 miles per hour on the radar gun yesterday. Two innings, one run, three Ks, no walks. He's definitely an intriguing pick late in the draft. You know, the Dodgers obviously have a lot of arms in that rotation, but we don't know if Clayton Kershaw is going to be ready for the start of the season. Good chance that he's not. I know he felt encouraged after playing catch, but there's no need for the Dodgers to rush him and push this guy. Uh, Urias is going to go very late in, I think, casual leagues, especially. Um, in more competitive leagues, you might see him go a little bit earlier. Uh, and. It's a matter of how many starts does he get. I think, obviously, they're going to monitor him. But you'll see injuries on this pitching staff. Rich Hill is a good chance he spends time on the DL. Jin -jin Rio, as good as he's been, good chance he spends time on the DL. So that's the thing with the Dodgers is while they have a lot of arms, you know at some point a good portion of these pitchers are going to give you 120, 130 innings. And again, that's not ideal, but you don't have to pay for it. And especially when you have them on your roster, you just put them in. When they're on the mound, when they're not, you find someone else to replace them. So uh, I think the game has changed, and you have to take – you have to be aware of that and willing to take these pitchers on, knowing that you're not going to get 180 innings. It's just not the way the game is played now. There's going to be a lot of injuries. Teams are going to be cautious with players, but those can be very valuable innings that you get from a lot of these Dodgers pitchers. So I'm not afraid to invest – And the Dodgers pitchers, especially a lot of them going in the double-digit rounds because it's about the quality of the innings that they can give you. And I think uh, with a lot of these Dodgers arms, they can give you excellent innings, even if it's not uh, 180. And how many guys are we really counting on for 180 anymore? So uh, make sure that you have that mindset. Uh, It just has changed with the way we are dealing with a lot of these pitchers going forward. Uh, Jeff Samarja is another guy that I really want to see this spring because obviously he had injuries last year. He was terrible. He was someone that I drafted in quite a few leagues, including Tout Wars last year. So he burned me because I looked at him as someone going in the middle of rounds who could potentially give you 200 innings, 200Ks with a decent whip because it's what he's done in the past. But he was terrible last year. Uh, He threw three scoreless innings yesterday, allowed one hit, two walks, and four strikeouts. So certainly intriguing. Definitely want to keep an eye on him to see if he can stay healthy. The, the big key is, can he get through the spring uh, without any further injuries? And I think that's what you're you're watching for. So I considered him in uh, late in this draft, but he was taken. And that's the thing is you were trying to figure out, okay, where should I take him? Where's the appropriate spot? And you just don't know how other feel about him. But he went around 24 uh, in this draft. I was hoping that he would make it back to me in 25. He did not. So, you know, worth taking a shot in a 15-team league in round 24 because Samardra has done it before. And if it doesn't work out, it's easy. You cut him. You'll know pretty much early on, too. You know, you watch his first few starts, see how he performs. If he doesn't look good, then you just cut him and move on. He's not someone that you have to invest the high roster spot in. When you took him last year, it was a little bit earlier. It was round 8, 9, or 10. And you feel like, okay, I have to be patient with this guy. I have to give him a shot. And then when you do that, they kind of stay, stay on your roster a little bit too long. And uh, it, did, it didn't work out last year. So uh, good to see him on the mound healthy. but want to see a little bit more. Uh, Josh Donaldson is set to make his spring debut on Friday. So he's one of the more intriguing names uh, going in the eighth, ninth round. A lot of people just not confident in him bouncing back this year. But if he can stay healthy in that Braves lineup, probably going to hit second. Uh, he's someone that could easily return top 25 value because it was just two years ago we saw him dominate. It's just a matter of him staying healthy. And for now, he is, and we'll see him make his debut in the spring on Friday. When we return, I'll be joined by Steve Renner. You can find him at scoutdfs.com. He won over 36K two weeks ago. We're going to talk some NHL with him in addition to some baseball. That's all ahead. It is Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back here, you're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can find me, scoutfantasysports.com. Make sure you become a member today. Get access to our Fantasy Baseball Draft Kit. Positional rankings from myself, Sean Childs, and Dr. Roto. I'm updating mine frequently, especially as all the injury news, hits, and position battles are being determined. My preseason pro picks are out. A sleeper, a bust. Uh, for positions and pitchers in each league and a stash and cash player as well, so you can get access to that now. Sean Childs will reveal his this week as well. So plenty of content to help you dominate. Use the promo code BATS50 get 50% off your first two months. Joining me now, it is Steve Renner, ScoutDFS.com. Steve, what's up? What's up, Adam? How are we doing? Doing pretty
1: well, man.
0: I know you've been doing pretty good, uh, crushing it with the NHL content over at Scout DFS.
1: Absolutely, um, it's been—it's uh, really been going on all season. But you know, with with me, once uh, once football ends, it, it really becomes my primary sport. I will admit, I did play some NBA last night because NHL was was a quiet slate. But I'll I'll quickly get back on the hockey tonight with the Big Ten game slate out there.
0: Yeah, I saw only two games in the NHL last night, but they may make up for it tonight with a ten game slate. How do you feel about a ten game slate? Is this something in your wheelhouse? Do you like it? Uh, what's the ideal amount of games for an NHL slate for you?
1: Usually, I'll, I'll admit it, it's the five to seven game slate uh, where you you get enough to to kind of spread the diversity out, but um, but not too many. The, the funny thing is on the on the large slates like tonight. Um, and I've even noticed this in other sports too, when when you get more games, it opens up the probability that there's going to be a, a complete mismatch in terms of the, the matchups. And so that tends to drive ownership really heavily onto a couple spots. Um, and, you know, in particular tonight, we've got four teams that to really stand out uh, ahead of the rest. So I don't love when you get a bigger slate because you, you kind of get that obvious play and, and you feel like you got to play it. But, um you know, it, it allows us to to go to some good teams that are going to be lower owned than they than they probably should, simply because there's a lot of games out there.
0: When you have a site like this, I mean, because it happens to me sometimes in the NBA, there'll be a couple games where I'm just like, you know, I really don't have much interest, whether it's a low over under, two teams at a slow pace, uh, a, a team that maybe goes deep into rotation and no one stands out, like the Brooklyn Nets nowadays. Do you, are there a few right. games like that on tonight's slate where you go? You know what? Uh, I'm going to probably X them out.
1: There are, and uh, this is something I do a lot in baseball when we get the the full 15 game slates in baseball a lot, or even you know 12 to 13 games. And I really I put games into three tiers, and I say tier one is these are the games I don't want to focus on. Tier three, the the most extreme ones are games that I'm I'm just going to completely rule them out because you know, that, that you don't have a glaring mismatch or that, like you said, the, the pace, which is which is relevant in, in hockey as well, is not very good. Um, or you just don't see that these teams, hey, even though, you know, there's going to be goals or, or offense in them, um, you just don't see them having the ceiling that other games have. So I put, you know, games into that tier three category. And then the ones that are kind of in between, I slide them in tier two. And generally those are going to be, if, if you want to go contrarian, I think people make the mistake of going all the way down to the team with, like, the lowest implied total or or the slowest pace thinking, well, nobody's going to go here. You don't need to go that far on the 10-game slate like tonight because you can find the fourth or fifth team is going to come in around 5 to 10% owned. And so that's where I kind of get my my Tier 2 plays. But, yeah, absolutely. I'll take three games like tonight, you know, right off the bat, Montreal and L.A., Anaheim, Arizona, and Minnesota-Nashville. You know, unless you're picking off maybe a one-off as a value play from those games, there's there's really no incentive for me to to try to focus on them.
0: How much do you look at the Vegas totals for NHL?
1: I, I don't look at it at all, other than once I'm done with my research, I double check it just to see um, because it does drive ownership at, at times. I will say, you know, Vegas, I'll pay attention to it mostly for ownership in all sports, and I think they did a good job in football this year with the over/unders. Hockey, even this year, if you're new to hockey and you want to understand, you don't know the teams or anything like that. Vegas does a pretty good job of showing you where the, the the probable goals are going to be. So if you look and say, like tonight, you know the the Tampa game with them and, and Winnipeg has has a seven total, which is extremely high. Although most totals this year have been up around six six and a half. Well, those are two really good offensive teams. Tampa being probably the, the best in the league, so it makes sense. But I don't let that drive anything in terms of the, the ownership because, you know, hockey is a lot like baseball where you do get teams in terms of scoring. The variance is heavy, and, and there's nights where either it's rest or just the, the flow of how they've been managing their, their lineups. You, you feel like they're not going to really produce. The totals are always going to be in that 5.5 to 6.5 range, so I don't I don't use them to tell me where to go, but if you're looking for ownership, I, I, that wouldn't be a good starting point
0: joined by Steve Runner you can find him scoutdfs.com i know you like to uh, look at stacks and the lines uh, who are some of your favorite targets tonight
1: yeah so it, in hockey it's important to, to correlate and that's why we that's why we try to stack there because we when we get the goal you want the assist um, i'm self admittedly a washington capitals fan and not a pittsburgh penguins fan by any stretch of the imagination and Pittsburgh, along with Tampa Bay, are are probably two of the better teams today. I usually try to fade both of them just because they are very deep and you get production across all their lines. So I wouldn't necessarily try to stack them, but Sidney Crosby, who is probably my least favorite player in all sports, has has a good matchup against Florida. Uh, He's playing really well of late, and he's always had a really good history against Florida. And being that Pittsburgh's at home, they get to kind of manage the line matchups there, and so he should avoid... Alexander Barkov, who's uh, Florida's best, best centerman. So Pittsburgh's in a good spot. Payne's going to say it, that they are Crosby specifically. He's got some value on his line with Jared McCann, who is a Florida uh, former Panther himself uh, and on defense due to some injuries. Some guys are getting some more minutes like Justin Schultz, but Pittsburgh's at the top. I think you want to get some Tampa exposure, uh, even as a one-off with Braden Point or Nikita Kucherov. They're so expensive though. I don't think that they're going to be uh, a heavy stack. The other two teams that are really elite spots tonight are Columbus. Uh, they've been mixing up their lines a ton. They've been struggling lately as well after a recent trade to get Matt Duchesne. So I'm actually looking at that third line, uh, hoping that it's going to be Boone Jenner and Josh Anderson gives you a good value play. But the line that I really like tonight, Adam, is Colorado. Uh, Nate McKinnon, Gabe Landeskog, and Mika Rontanen. It's kind of their their big three, if you will, out there. And they've been mixing and matching them in terms of lines. But even – just looking at the usage, they've been on the ice together about 22 to 25% of the time the last few games. They should absolutely destroy Detroit at home tonight, uh, and I think that they're going to come in lower-owned than Tampa and Pittsburgh, so if you're going for a full pay-up uh, stack, that would be the spot to go to.
0: Are there any other low-owned, under-the-radar stacks that you think that could be useful tonight?
1: Yeah, so I think a lot of people are going to try to get the those teams that I mentioned there, the, the elite teams, because 10 games late. It's hard to fade all the really good spots, and the the mid range the the Islanders at home tonight, uh, Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, and Jordan Everly all under six thousand dollars each on DraftKings make a really good play against Ottawa, who who's not that good. Um, you know, I mentioned the Columbus third line. I think that they're going to be lower owned going up against the Devils, who are basically fielding a, a minor league team right now. So Columbus has depth on them, but. My under-the-radar stack is uh, Winnipeg's second line. You know, this is a game that, uh, back to the Vegas total, it is a seven total. Winnipeg's been playing really well lately. Should be a high-scoring game. I don't think that Winnipeg's going to win. But Kevin Hayes, Kyle Connor, and Nikolai Ehlers uh, for, for Winnipeg gives you a really strong value play going up against Tampa, who should probably focus, you know, the home team, Gets to manage the the line matchup. so I think that they'll focus on shutting down Winnipeg's top line, which opens up the value for for the Jets' secondary tier.
0: I know you like to stack the lines when you're trying to figure out your one offs. Uh, how do you figure that out?
1: So there's a couple ways to go. One is looking at just the value in uh, in, in the top games, and so like today, you know, I mentioned Josh Anderson for Columbus. Um, and he's skating really well, and you know the Columbus. That their speed at, on the kind of their third line, I think it's going to give New Jersey problems. So that, that's one spot to go. The other way to look at it is if there's, you know, one value guy on on a really good line that's expensive. So, like, like I mentioned, Jared McCann, he's with Crosby and, and Jake Gensel from Pittsburgh. You could take him as a one-off for value. The, the problem is, I wouldn't do that for a chalk team because typically the, the chalkier teams are going to, people are going to stack the entire line. Uh, but I think McCann and, and Anderson both tonight could fit into that you know, lower own uh, lines where it's not going to kill you if, if somebody does have the full stack and the full stack goes off. So those are kind of spots that I look into. And then outside of that, you know, the value comes in, That that's when you kind of go to those secondary games and, and look for some one-offs with them. Uh, I think the Rangers-Stars game tonight is kind of a sneaky one flying under the radar. So Chris Ryder for the Rangers on their top line has, has actually been playing better of lately. Dallas is going to be without one of the better forwards in Alex up because for some reason he showed up late to practice today, so they're benching him and you know, that that's, I guess, their discipline method. But uh, I think the Rangers are a little bit sneaky tonight, so that's one off to look at.
0: Who are some defensemen that people should have on their radar tonight?
1: So I love to Tech Florida uh, with defensemen. So Justin Schultz is filling in on the top uh, defensive pair for Pittsburgh. Should see good ice time. He's at the top tier. Tyson Bari for Colorado is another one. Um, and, it, you know, it's interesting on defense. One thing that I think people don't do enough that they should is, instead of going with the full forward so center wing wing like that colorado stack i mentioned if you go with tyson barry he's going to save you probably about fifteen hundred dollars or so pivoting him in for one of the the wingmen in today so go with the center wing defense stack um and then look for value plays ryan mcdonough for tampa has been getting decent ice time he'll block shots in a game that should be really quick uh good pace good value there and then i mentioned the rangers i think are seeking today so kevin shattenkirk Uh, It's been kind of a disappointment in the contract that he signed for the Rangers, but has played better of lately, and defensemen against the Stars have have produced fairly well.
0: Drawn by Steve Renner. You can find him at scoutdfs.com. Going over the NHL slate for tonight, 10 games on the schedule. Uh, Who are some of the goalies that you're taking a look at tonight?
1: So the the teams I mentioned before, always if you want to pair a goalie with the skaters, you can because the win is, is so important. But, uh, you know, the Islanders goalie, I haven't seen a confirmation on who's starting yet. But whether it's Robin Lehner or, or Thomas Grice, um, they're probably my go-to favorite goalie of the night. Uh, at home against Ottawa, the Islanders will, in my opinion, almost definitely win this game. They'll see enough shot volume, and, and they probably should limit, you know, two or less goals. So that's a very safe spot to go at. Darcy Kemper for the Coyotes, they've been on a long homestand. He's been playing well. Arizona's been playing well. Uh, I really like him tonight, but my kind of sneaky one is Devin Dubnik, the for Minnesota. The Wild and Predators just played in Minnesota. They're playing again tonight, two days later, and it was a low-scoring game there. The Predators won that game. Nashville's been struggling uh, all around. They've, they've shown some signs lately, but... I think Dubnik bounces back tonight, and I think Minnesota steals that one, so he's kind of my sneaky one, and he has been confirmed already.
0: Baseball DFS is right around the corner before you know it, so what are the plans over at ScoutDFS.com?
1: Well, not always around the corner. I've been been quietly playing a little bit of spring training ball as well, and got burned by Severino's uh, late scratch today, but... Um, yeah, we've got, we've got a full season content package up there right now. And, you know, rather than doing a a full promo code and all this, we've got for the full season, $109, which really gets you, you know, a month and a half free, uh, off the discount. And, you know, our package this year is going to include not just myself with, uh, with my doggers club article, which really gives you a full slate breakdown of, of my picks, but also the slate where you need to go for cash in tournaments. Uh, but, you know, we'll have Chris Rose, Fantasy Bum, uh, Rob Garriak, the whole team chiming in with, with their thoughts with cash breakdowns, tournament breakdowns. We'll have the live streams, the podcast. Uh, and then, you know, one thing that I'm really excited about is, you know, we're going to be building a lot more data and analytics dashboards into it this year. So as you, the player, you come in, you get our advice, you get our, our, our picks, you, got, you get us into the as well. But we also want to enable the, the player themselves to be able to, uh to, to do their own research and come up with their own thoughts and, and see where the data is kind of driving things because you know baseball early in the year there's a lot of you know gut feel uh, that goes into it but inevitably you get into that kind of midpoint of the season and you, you you really you're behind the game if you're not paying attention to some of the data out there so uh we're going to be focused and going to be unveiling something new in, in that regards this year so yeah get over there sign up for the full season it's open now i'm doing Nine preseason articles to kind of walk through uh, a bunch of different things. I did my early predictions. I decided to do that first instead of waiting until the end of spring training. Uh, And then I did one today that kind of talks through how to avoid some of the traps when it comes to pitching. Um, and, And kind of the really, in particular, young pitchers as they come up that I think get a little bit too much hype in DFS. Good for seasonal, but maybe not for DFS. So a lot of early content. And, you know, we'll be here. All six months throughout the baseball season, it's it's going to be the same team doing it just like last year.
0: You've also done uh, an article already on some over-unders. We'll get into a lot more uh, in in your upcoming appearances here, but let's take a look at the American League East. Who's your favorite over-under in this division?
1: I like the number on Toronto, and you know, with the over/unders, it's very important to look at the number, not just the team. Because I'll admit, I like Tampa, but Tampa—the number I saw on them at around eighty-four and a half—I I felt was too high. But Toronto really brought back a lot of the same team from last year. You're going to be adding Vlad Guerrero. I think that the pitching staff is still relatively strong, and so I like Toronto at seventy-five. You got a division where Baltimore is certainly not even going to be trying to, to win a lot of games. Uh, Tampa, although I like them a lot, I don't know that they necessarily improved a ton off of where they were last year. And I got to see that Boston comes back to the pack a little bit this year. I, I have concerns about their starting pitching and their bullpen. So I think that Toronto is kind of the team that was going to stay even. And, and that 75 number, uh, although they're not my favorite over on the entire board, uh, I think within this division is one that I would buy into. Who
0: Who do you have winning this division and why?
1: I had the Yankees winning the division because they're, they're starting pitching depth, their bullpen depth, and even the hitting depth that they did. I really like that. I, I like the DJ LeMahieu move. Um, he was opposite field a lot. I think he's going to fill in uh, very well for them. I know he may not play exactly every day because they do have depth within the infield. I, I'm not buying into Tula Whiskey, even staying healthy at, at shortstop, even uh, until Didi gets back. But I just feel like the Yankees position themselves with the packs to move as well, and, and certainly if, if Severino's out for a long time, that could impact things. But look, I, I just I think that this is their year. I think that they're the most death, deep team in this division. I think that they're the most balanced, um, and I think that they're going to edge out the Red Sox.
0: Yeah, and I'm uh, in the middle of a scout 44. I was just on the clock at round 35, so I picked up Domingo Herman just in case Severino misses time. Not bad, right? Not I mean... bad.
1: He filled. He filled feel- it. He filled in well last year and, you know, maybe they give him some time in that bullpen, but look, the Yankees, they're going to be, you get to the sixth or seventh inning and game, if they have the lead, the game's going to be over. Um, and so I don't think they're going to have to tax their, their starters too much. And yeah, Severino, you know, if he just walks off the mound wrong one day, they're going to roll out a Herman or or one of the, or um out there just to, to fill in. So I like their pitching depth, and I think that's going to carry them for the whole season.
0: Yeah, my other draft, great fantasy baseball invitation. someone else was on the clock and got Loa Saiga in round 29. So eh, some leagues you get lucky, some you don't. But that is Steve Renner, ScoutDFS.com. Exactly. Steve, thanks a lot for the time. We'll definitely talk to you soon, and people, go over to ScoutDFS.com. Check them out. Good luck on tonight's slate, Steve. All right. Thanks, Adam. You too. When we return, we'll wrap it up. I'll take a look at the night in the NBA. Already have some news. We'll let you know what it is next. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. We've got you covered on the FNTSY Sports Radio Network with live programming from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern every weekday. Coming up next, from 4 to 7 p.m., it's Game Time Decisions with Gabe Borency and Cam Stewart. At 7 p.m., it's NBA Takeaways with Chris Welsh and Scott Bogman. At 7.30 p.m., it's the FNTSY News Desk with Dan Strafford. From 8 p.m. to 11 p.m., it's Calling the Shots with Keith Irizarry. And tomorrow morning, bright and early, it's Make It Rain with Joe Ranieri and Dave Martinez from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. From 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., it's the morning after with Gabe Morrency and Joe Ranieri. From 12 p.m. to 2 p.m., it's the Fantasy BFFs with Greg Sussman and Frank Stample. And Doc and I will be right back here tomorrow with you on the FNTSY Sports Radio Network from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, In the meantime, you can catch me, scoutfantasysports.com. I want you guys to win. So become a member today. It's going to be worth it. Whatever your investment is in your fantasy baseball league, I promise you we will put you in position to win a championship. I can't guarantee a title. Can never do that. But I'm telling you, if you follow us uh, and use the rankings, you will be in position. These are the same rankings that I used last year to have a lot of success across my leagues. I was higher on a lot of people uh, compared to the industry, and I was able to finish second in the Fantasy Pro's accuracy rankings last year. So uh, if you want access to those rankings, you can get them right now, scoutfantasysports.com. Enter the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. In addition to the rankings, my preseason pro picks are out. Sleepers bust for Positional players pitching in each league and a stash and cash player as well. That just rolled out yesterday, so you can get access to that now. And you can ask your questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want. So head on over, scoutfantasysports.com, and become a member today. Uh, Let's take a look at the night in the NBA for DFS purposes. We already have some news. Klay Thompson has been ruled out for Golden State. He has a knee issue. This is the second consecutive game he hasn't played uh, so Andre Iguodala is good to go. Uh, he's been dealing with some low back tightness. So he could get a start tonight uh, up against the Celtics who have played really poor basketball. And obviously a lot has been talked about Kyrie Irvin not being uh, close to the team. And it's kind of checked out since all those rumors. Uh, the big one that we're waiting for tonight is Paul George. He has right shoulder soreness. He's been upgraded to questionable for this game. They originally ruled him out yesterday. You have to be very careful when they rule someone out the day before because sometimes it's not always official. So I saw that yesterday, and now, obviously, he's been upgraded. So um, he was a, the initial injury report from yesterday had him listed as out, but they said he did more in the Tuesday shoot-around today. They're going to wait and see how he feels so hopefully right before 7 p.m. when Donovan, Billy Donovan, the coach, speaks to the media, we should have a better idea of whether he is going to play or not. Um, and uh, Antti Zizek uh, has been ruled out. Well, that's for tomorrow. The Cavs play tomorrow, so you don't have to worry about that for tonight. So let's take a look at the slate for tonight, and we kick it off. Orlando is at Philadelphia, 7 p.m. Eastern. The Vegas totals 222.5 half. The Sixers are favored by four. Orlando's been very up and down recently. They've had some good wins. They've had some bad losses. They just lost to Cleveland. Not a loss that you want uh, there uh, as they're fighting for a playoff spot. So uh, tonight on the Orlando side, uh, Nikola Vucevic obviously in play. Joel Embiid remains out, by the way. So he is still out for the Sixers. Vucevic is 92 on DK, 10-5 on FanDuel, So definitely like him. Better with the price on DK. He obviously has had a very productive uh, season, and his usage rate has been phenomenal lately. And with no Joel Embiid, uh, if they can keep this close, uh, he should put up big numbers. So definitely more appealing on DK. Aaron Gordon has been a player that I tend to use in tournaments only, and it's not very often uh he has actually been pretty good lately i own him in my season long league so i follow him pretty closely this should be i think a uh a high-paced game so i think you can consider him in tournaments i don't think he's a target he's 6-4 in dk 71 on Fanduel, so i think he's someone that you could take a look at in tournaments uh jonathan isaac's a player that i talked about a lot but he has uh tailed off a little bit lately and not someone that I'm looking at. 51 on DK, 56 on Fandle. I think on Yahoo, his price is over 20. So uh, not someone that I'm going to look tonight. Terrence Ross is so volatile. I mean, he can either he can go off and have a huge game or he's got a real low floor. So definitely only tournament worthy. But he, he can really pay off, as we've seen. He's had these games where he just shoots very well, but not someone that I'm uh, considering tonight. Uh, For the Sixers, Jonah Bolden listed as questionable. Jimmy Butler is probable, and again, as I mentioned, Joel Embiid is out. So is Boban Marjanovic. They are both out. Uh, So the Sixers have been inconsistent as lately as well as they're playing for uh, seeding purposes in the Eastern Conference. Uh, But a good spot here for several. Tobias Harris has played very well. I mean, part of it is, you know, Joel Embiid's been out. So that's really helped because I don't think, We really liked Harris much with this team full strength, but he's been very productive. He's playing big minutes over the last four games, 39 minutes. So I've been using him pretty much uh, every night that he's played lately. He's 74 on DK and 8,000 on FanDuel. Very affordable. Jimmy Butler hasn't been great, but he's 71 on DK, and this is a good matchup. So I definitely think you can see uh, him in your lineups tonight, uh, especially at the price on DK. And Ben Simmons has to be in consideration as well, especially on DK. The price is eighty four hundred, more expensive on Fandle at ninety nine hundred, but it's a good spot. They're home, and they all should be pretty productive tonight. And no, none of the prices are unreasonable. So Tobias Harris, though, is my favorite guy there, and JJ Reddick's in play as well. He's forty eight on DK, fifty seven on Fandle tonight uh, for the Sixers. So uh, definitely, uh, those are the teams that you should be uh, taking into consideration tonight on those teams. Uh, The next game up on the slate is the Bulls at the Pacers. Uh, This game is a 7 p.m. start. Pacers are favored by 7.5. Vegas totals 218.5 for the Bulls. Otto Porter is probable. He sat out last game. Remember, the Bulls had that four-overtime game against the Hawks, and a lot of these guys played big, big minutes. And, you know, the Bulls are playing very well lately lately. Uh, this is a tough matchup, though. This is not a, a team that plays at a high pace. Uh, the paces are pretty good defensively. So uh, the Bulls have one of the um, lowest implied totals on the board tonight at 105 and a half. So um, I really, there's not much that I like here tonight on the Bulls' side. Uh, you know, Laurie Markman has been tremendous. He's 82 in DK, 91 on Fandle. But again, it's not an ideal spot. Robin Lopez has played very well, too. I've used him a couple times on the other other night on Yahoo, he was like 13 bucks. So he's 5 on DK, 55 on FanDuel. Uh, again, not the ideal matchup. Otto Porter's played well since coming over, and if he does play, 62 on DK. I mean, I would consider these guys, but they're not core target targets for me tonight uh, based on the matchup. For the Pacers, DeMontis Sabonis remains out. And it's amazing to me that the Pacers have the third-best record in the Eastern Conference with Victor Oladipo, Going down, you know, I thought they would fall to the 5th, 6th seed. But obviously the Boston Celtics have been struggling. The Sixers have been up and down. Uh, I don't think the Pacers are definitely the third best team in the Eastern Conference. But give them credit for playing as well as they have uh, with everything that's gone on. So this is a good matchup here for the Pacers. Bulls are not that good defensively. And, um, you know, the thing is there's not many guys that I target on the Pacers. You know, Bojan Bogdanovic, though, has played very well. Uh he's been pretty good. So uh I think he's in play tonight. Uh not someone that I'm looking to get in my lineup, but he's been very good. He's fifty-six on DK, sixty-five on FanDuel. You know, Miles Turner always has uh tournament upside. Uh he has not been great lately, but the bulls have been terrible against centers. So I would consider Turner in tournaments. My guess is you probably get him low owned tonight. Look at the price on DraftKings, fifty seven hundred. So Definitely in play. More expensive on Fanduel at 7,500. Uh, Darren Collison's not bad on DK. I mean, look at the discrepancy in price: 55 on DK, 74 on Fanduel. So I would consider him on DK. And Thaddeus Young is not that bad either. But again, these are not guys that I'm looking to target tonight. Uh, this is not one of the games uh, that is high up on the uh, targets for tonight. The Rockets are in Toronto to take on the Raptors. 8 p.m. Eastern Vegas totals, 228. Raptors favored by 3.5 for the Rockets. Iman Shumpert, Kenneth Reed are both listed as questionable. Rockets trying to get that home cart in the first round. They've been playing well lately. Uh, so for tonight, you know, James Harden is actually a guy that I have not been playing much lately at all. Um, the price has gone up, and Chris Paul's been back. So they played well, but I haven't been paying up for them. You know, obviously it's not a great matchup, uh, pretty good defensive guards there with Kyle Lowry and Danny Green. So it's always difficult to say, no, nah, I'm not playing Harden, but I've done it lately. It's kind of worked out. He's 11-1 on DK, 12-1 on FanDuel. Chris Paul, 77 on DK, 87 on FanDuel. Uh, I think if we see no Shumpert or Fareed and Eric Gordon's in the